We're severely lacking in leadership right now. We're overspending $5.1 billion a day more than what we're bringing in. Because of interest rates right now, it is more than doubled what we're carrying on the interest. $350 billion a year is what we were paying in interest charges before we started raising rates, and now it's more than double that. a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on The Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. Does good news really mean bad news when it comes to the economy? And if so, what does this mean, not just for the markets and the economy, but for the everyday American? This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all our questions and to give us some guidance to stay in the best financial shape possible, The Retirement Trainer, Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. Hey, Leanne. Yeah, the everyday American, that's, you know, us common folk, right? How does that affect everybody? So I guess the first question is, what does good news equal bad news mean when it comes to the economy? So the feds are, they have a target of inflation, right? And, and I think by now, the, those that have been listening to us know that, you know, inflation is nothing more than a hidden tax. That's how they're raising taxes on us. So inflation, when we have GDP, the gross domestic product, that is the the growth and the measure of the economy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when it's positive, that means it's growing. And when it's negative, that means it's shrinking. And as it's growing, when we have inflation, the way that the Fed economic policy works is they want the economy to slow down. All right. So that they can get inflation under control. And their target is 2%. It's a almost one and a half percent below the the 100 year average. Okay, it's really low, but here's the problem. They back themselves into a corner because if that's the benchmark, that's the target. And if they say, ah, it's really not convenient, we're going to raise it up to 3%, mm-hmm. they're going to lose face, right? All credibility. And they're, they're kind of on the, on the verge right now. So I think Powell knows that uh, this is his legacy. So he, he's going to keep pushing, right, to get that inflation number to as low as 2%. And the problem is it, it's ready to break the economy. So going back to, Good news is bad news. So if the economy is growing and we have a good GDP number, gross domestic product number, that's a good thing because that means the economy is growing and thriving. The bad news is, is that as far as the feds are concerned, that means it's inflationary because we have low unemployment. There's cash flow in the economy. The economy is growing. So they need to slow it down, which means they're going to raise rates. And as they raise rates, that's going to continue to stagnate the housing market. Yeah, but the thing that doesn't make sense to me, and I think most Americans that are are listening to us right now, is those numbers always take a while to catch up. 
Oh, it, it's lagging, severely lagging. Yep. So we never really, when these numbers roll out and they make decisions off these numbers, they're give me an idea on the time frame. They're usually behind a whole quarter. Is that oh, safe to assume? No, I mean we're. I mean when when the rates are raised, you know, it was a year ago that they were you know, inflation was nine percent. We've raised them so much, you know, five percent. Uh, five and a half percent in in the last year, and now we're seeing inflation come down to uh, a little bit higher than three percent. The way that they're calculating it, I got to make sure that we're emphasizing that. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting to. Yeah. So they're, they, they're, <laughs> they're you know it's they're they're adjusting the formula, and that's a double edged sword too, right? To be to make it more convenient for them, and now it's kind of backfiring. Well, with inflation, everything costs more. So them yes. going in and then making it so that and it's shrinkflation. Yes. It costs more even now for you to get a mortgage and watching what's happening with the banks. I know you're going to get their full circle, but all these things, and I credit, mean, they're, they're, credit cards, student loans, you know, savings they, there's, so everything is lagging. When I, when, when I say lagging, that means it's, it's way behind, right? So there's, there's a catch up process. You have a leading indicator, which means, Hey, this is kind of, you know, everything's going to follow it. Lagging means it's following, following what everything else is doing. So there's a time delay and so would the GDP numbers come out? So this is Monday the 28th. All right. So they, they come out on Wednesday. Um, and so I'm going to be talking about this, you know, on a couple interviews. But so depending on, and it's anticipated that it's going to be high, the market's been kind of pricing in, uh, which is why it's been down, you know, a, a raise of a quarter percent, 25 basis points. Yeah. They've been saying that for months and, I, and, and months. I, and so. I think they're going to do another one. I, I would not be shocked. Now, here's the other thing that I'm not going to be shocked about. Dick Carville said that it's about the economy, stupid. So I would not be shocked if next summer, not only do they put a moratorium, you know, and freeze on rates, but I, I would not be surprised if they start lowering at least once. Because the, right the election is here. I would not be surprised if we see, start seeing gas prices go down. All these things, right? To, you know, oh my gosh, see, look at, look at everything that's been, that, that we've done so far. Um, and this isn't a Republican or Democrat thing. This is just a poor leadership thing well, is and, what this and, is. And it boils down to the spending has to stop. It, that's what I mean. Poor leadership. I mean, this is Republicans, Democrats. We're severely lacking in leadership right now. We're overspending $5.1 billion a day more than what we're bringing in. Because of interest rates right now, it is more than doubled what we're carrying on the interest. So I think it was, you know, I'm just going to round and say, Three hundred and fifty billion a year is what we were paying in interest charges before we started raising rates, and now it's more than double that. So this this affects when I say it affects the everyday American. This is what I'm talking about because as they raise rates, not only is it affecting the country and what we're having to pay, but that's going to affect services that we're supposedly paying for, but we're not getting anyways. So it's going to reduce that. The other thing is, I mean, it's adversely affecting mortgage rates. And revolving debt, whether it's a home equity line of credit, we just heard from a lender that, you know, the home equity line of credit's over 12%. Well, and, um, and also we're hearing and credit cards, even with those rates being what they are, the banks aren't loaning. And they're not lending. So, yeah. So Across the board. You know, everyone keeps saying, well, there's so much cash on the sideline. There's so much cash on the sideline. Well, you know, there is. However, you know, for most Americans, I mean, they're, they're struggling to meet ends meet. And they've been using credit cards, and a lot of these jobs that that are that are coming out. I mean, these are retail, hospitality. Not that they're bad jobs, but they're not great jobs. These are typically the jobs. These are second and third jobs that people are getting to just to be able to pay their bills. 
And even then, when they can't, they're using their credit cards. That's why credit card debt is over a trillion dollars for the first time in history. And revolving debt is is close to 1.4, 1.5 trillion. So when I say revolving, that that's that includes home equity line of credit, all these other things, wow. personal loans. And I mean, we we're not even going to ever so slightly touch on the fact that they haven't talked about what taxes are going to look like after this sunset comes in. Well, we we know that it goes back to 2017. No. But, but do you think it'll stop there? Do you think it'll stop there? Because really, the part that stopping the spending, but we got to get some of this debt paid off. Yes. You know, and I don't know how they're going to write that off. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know if we have the discipline or the leadership to be able to tighten the belt and, you know, because everyone's got their hands out. You know, I, I want this free. I want that free. And, you know, hey, they got this. Why yeah, don't I get this? You, you can't take that away once it's out there. That's right. And the same thing with the student loans. That is how they're selling it is not what it is. What a shocker, right? And we're not going to argue about constitutionality or anything like that, but here's the economic impact. You have a lot of people, a lot of Americans that were depending on twenty-five, dollars then $50,000 worth of student loans being written off, so they didn't save their money. And because they didn't save their money, they spent more than what they had, and then they, a lot of them even have credit card debt. So imagine it's a snowball effect. Right. So you, you that snowball, you're pushing it uphill, pushing it uphill, you get to the top and you've got all the snow down the other side and it just keeps picking up steam and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, that's kind of like the debt bubble, the debt snowball, where now all of a sudden, if people can't afford to pay their debts now, what's going to happen October 1st when, you know, all of these student loans are due on top of all these these high interest rate credit cards? And when I say high interest rate, I'm talking, you know, 20 22, 24, 25%. And it's going to keep going up if we keep raising rates. So it's amazing how quickly they raise the rates on those, but how slowly they lower them coming down the other side. And I think, you know, you were saying this earlier when it comes to people talking about what they do with their money right now, whether it is a money market that's generating 4.7 or they're putting it into a fixed annuity that's going to generate, you know, 5.3 for the next five years. Or a CD, right? And making sure that you're under that 250000 you know, e even though Yellen, then Secretary of the Treasury said, you know what, we're, we're going to go ahead and make sure that we're going to secure all deposits. Well, I, I mean, that's not even realistic. And you don't know that there's a problem with wherever it is that you're banking until... They actually, I mean, I think that's probably watching the constraints happen on these banks and the downgrading yep. that they're getting. Just in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It was last. Sorry. It was last, week, it was last no, week. it was last week. Last week, S&P, six more. S&P downgraded six more. Finch on top of that a couple of weeks before. And I don't think we're out of the woods yet. But, you know, so we're talking about lagging and leading indicators. I mean, the stock market is a leading indicator. Um, the Super 7, you know, the Magnificent 7, I, I like to call it that because that's one of my favorite movies, the old one, right? You know, there's seven stocks that have been leading this this uh, very narrow bull market in the S&P, and those are the same stocks or companies, you know, leading it in the NASDAQ. And, you know, everyone keeps talking about how, you know, September is always the bad month. Well, yeah, I mean, statistically, maybe a little more than than some others, but, you know, if we look at what happened last year, in the year before, you know, August, September, they were a little rough. And then, you know, last year, the, that's when the bull market, if you, it, it took off, right? So the S&P broke even from all the losses and then gained a little bit. I do think with interest rates and everything else, the economy is going to be a little volatile. I think the market's going to remain a little volatile. 
But I would not be surprised if next summer, you know, we... We have this false uh, hacienda, whatever you want to call it. Peeing at the pumps. If that goes away and all of a sudden interest rates start to decrease, they're like, oh my gosh, here we go. Rainbows and puppy dogs, right? Yep. Until the next spending season comes about. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and then you have Christmas and, and depending on the outcome of the election, who's elected and how do people feel about that and their policies and what's going to happen. And and then it even goes further. Right. So, I mean, we're being very myopic, very narrow minded. We're focusing just on America right now. But if you look at inflation over in Europe, it is significantly higher than what it is here in the U.S. And then you look at the troubles in China. They are struggling right now and you can't even believe their numbers. So. You know, when you're looking at China's numbers, are they real? So are they bad as they say they are or are they worse? And that's a big deal because they're, that's a huge consumption market for the rest of the world. China's world only. I think we are our numbers real. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people battle with here is. is no. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, what's good is bad. I mean, we, we kind of went. I went completely sideways there, but I mean, that's really what it's saying is the better the economy is doing in an inflationary period, the more the feds are going to create downward pressure on the economy to almost break it. And this is going to be a delicate balancing act for Powell and his legacy, because that bad news is that means they're going to raise rates, which is really going to hurt Americans, everyday American, blue collar, working America. Again, it's going to affect the sale of homes, which is going to continue to remain stagnant, I think, going into next year, you know, and, and it's cyclical, right? I mean, it's bigger picture. It's it's more than what people think now going into the future. And what's the impact that that's going to have near term and, and long term? Yeah, well, it, it is something that I think uh, most people have come to realize that that's that's the case when they see these interest rate hikes. They definitely see the good. <laughs> the good aspect of that is that they might be looking at savings accounts and generating not a lot more than they it, used to get, but certainly... That's the good news, right? Yeah, that's I mean, the good news. The good news is is the uh, risk off. I don't want to say risk-free because I hate that term. That's There's no such thing, but risk off, right? Which is you're not in the market. You're getting a decent return, you know, four and a half to, you know, some CDs, I we just saw one, you know, five and a half percent, and they raised it in anticipation of, of the Fed policy increasing at 25 basis points this week. And you have a lot of people, and we hear this as I'm coming, they're trying to forecast what the market's going to do and they want to get on board. I think we're still in that, that zone right now where uh, risk is, is not being rewarded, I guess is how I'll leave it. No, it's really not. I mean, you know, so the, the, the question that that's always posed, all right, so where do we put our money? Well, you know what? The six month treasury, right? It's, it's paying five and a half percent. You've got money markets paying over 5% right now for the first time in last 20, 30 years. I mean, you're getting a decent return in your banks, not all banks. So you actually need to shop around, right? And take advantage of it. We've been, you know, talking with clients and in their savings account. And that's the good news because right in that safety, that immediate need, that urgency, right? That money that you need that safe. Where I said, well, it's not about the rate of return. Well, now you can take advantage of it. I mean, you can get four or 5% depending on the bank that you go to, right? Locally. And I guess that's the whole thing. So when you're looking at the five worlds, okay, you save your whole life using your investments, right? Your investments are continuing to grow and you're saving. And that's what generates the income that you need and want to be able to enjoy uh, retirement. And it's those two powerful tools that create leverage that give you the ability to enjoy the lifestyle that you want. 
right? And, and take care of healthcare as you get older, what health is facing all of us, right? And so how are you going to take care of it? And then the legacy that you want to leave, right? And so when we're talking about legacy, it's not just, you know, it's the memories that you leave behind are so very important. And the, the financial legacy for a lot of people is very important. And if you do it the right way, using all the worlds, you can li- live a life of significance and do that and not have to worry about leaving debt behind and enjoy the life that you've always wanted to. And boy, what a legacy to leave to your kids. And, and then the, the, that fifth world is tax, right? And, and minimizing the amount of taxes that you have, especially in times like this when things are really, really tight, if we know that we're in a rising tax environment, you know, so that you can redistribute and reallocate those assets from taxes to back into your investments so that they can grow to generate more income to to help cover your lifestyle so that you can enjoy life and cover your healthcare costs and and the legacy right so i mean that's why they you can't have one without the other right so you, you've got to have all five of those and that's really the good news is that you can take advantage of certain things right now whether it's yeah, these aren't recommendations i mean obviously you want to check with your advisor before doing anything and make sure that they're a fiduciary but looking at gold precious metals, mining stocks as as a hedge, right, and storage of value uh, and get against inflation. And then without even going completely sideways, you know, we have BRICSA, which is a big, big deal. They just announced that it is going to be backed on gold. And this is a big deal because BRICSA is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. They just invited Iran and Saudi Arabia and I think France and Spain. There's a couple other countries looking at it too, in which they're no longer going to use the the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency. And that's huge because the U.S. dollar is the world reserve currency, that legal tender that has given us the ability to borrow against it. And last year, I think over 70% of all trades were done in the U.S. dollar, and, and now it's you know less than 55%. You know, so if that drops below 50% and, and even lower, you know, we're, we're going to be living in a different world. So preparing yourself now, having that plan in place, that's so important because that's the good news. You can prepare for a lot of these things and, and hedge your bets. And this is not generic. These are very specific to every individual. So that's yeah, kind of why yeah. we stress upon nobody's puzzle fits together the same way. So we're going to basically wrap things up here in saying that if you feel as though you want to get that plan done, if you have questions on how your pieces fit together, reach out to us at egsifinancial.com or you can give us a call here at the office, 614-526-4118 or send an email to ed at info at egsifinancial.com. Again, get your questions answered now. Thanks, Leanne. Thanks, Ed. Hey, when was the last time you tested your fitness level? Not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance. Because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the Retirement Trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for, a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five 
five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 1020619. Thank you.